0: Yeah, that plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness.
1: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery, code Wondery.
2: Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 695 So, Comic Con is right around the corner And um, we're doing a ton of stuff there I'm going to be releasing my full panel moderation And live appearance schedule soon at Nerdist.com But Nerdist itself is doing a ton of stuff I think we're doing 6 or 7 different types of panels Um, We're doing a thing called Nerdist Carnival Over at Petco Park uh, Where it's us and Felicia Day's Geek & Sundry And Amy Poehler's Smart Girls And it's basically just All day and nighttime events of uh, games, laser tag, uh, live podcasting, uh, all sorts of super fun stuff. So go to that. Um, Fun, comfortable stand-up Friday night of Comic-Con 730. Two Nerdist podcasts live at the same venue as the stand-up, The Balboa. Um, The 730 show has the guests uh, Sir Ben Kingsley and Peter Capaldi. Uh, if you're a Doctor Who fan, if you listen to this podcast, I imagine that you are. And then we're about to announce our guests for the second show, and <laughs> they're super rad. Uh, we just, I just can't just yet. Everything kind of has to be approved, you know, like the announcement has to be approved and all that, so next week we'll announce it, but get tickets for that for the for the 10 o'clock show. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll see you there. Comic-Con is an onslaught, but it's... It's usually the most fun thing of the year, just (laughs) all at once. Just a blunderbuss of fun shot directly at your brain. And uh, some other stuff from the Nerdist Community Court Board. Tom Wilson writes, I would like to invite everyone to the first Jazz Age Lawn Party at the Glen Ford Mansion in Philadelphia. On August 1st, we'll be hosting an all-day family-friendly event, including live jazz bands, old-timey cars and bikes, lawn games, costumes, food, and custom cocktails, and pie. Yes, pie. Proceeds from the event will go toward preserving the Glenford Mansion as a publicly available historical site. The website is jazzageonthedelaware.com. They're looking for steampunks, diesel punks, anyone with a love for the Roaring Twenties as well to attend. Also, Matt Avalo writes I produce a comedy show in Pomona, California called The Comedy Thing. We're celebrating our two-year anniversary uh, at DBA 256 Bar, featuring a bunch of fantastic comics on June 28th. If you can't make the date, the show is monthly every fourth Sunday of the month. Uh, this episode is Mr. Ben Folds, who is so wonderful. This is his third appearance on the podcast, and he Ben was the first one where we... "Quote unquote," tricked him into where I was like, "Why don't you just go into a music studio?" And we sort of tricked him into playing a bunch of songs after the podcast. And, and then we and then we started doing musical podcasts after that. So uh, um, Ben is currently on tour. He's actually playing um, today is the 20, Saturday the twenty seventh. He'll be tonight at the Greek Theater, and uh, he's touring with Y Music, which is a. Phen- I mean, they sound. So we saw them at Bonner. They're phenomenal together. But all the info for his tour can be found at benfolds.com um, and this is going to be a particularly, I'm going to say magical performance for the Greek theater because of the sort of the chamber orchestra, um, uh, vibe to it. So, uh, check that out. All right. Uh, here's the nurse podcast number 695 with Benjamin folds.
3: Now entering nerdist.com.
2: Are you recording? Does it sound okay?
4: Yeah.
2: What did you what I jump right into this <laughs> This is how this works. I, I we're we're here at SIR recording studios, uh, and you were going to play and then you had to go and mess up your hand in a horrible way that prevented that from happening.
4: Did you grab did a you, drone out of the sky? Did you
0: grab a drone like Enrique did you see the Enrique Iglesias video? No. He was at a concert in Mexico City performing. And there was a drone, and he went to grab it. And it, <laughs> just it just sliced <laughs> through
2: his <laughs> hand. <laughs> <so that laughs> and he's trying to play it off, but it's just like it's oh, it's too blood. much blood. And
0: then there's a shot of him; his hand is bandaged, and his shirt is like blood spots Jesus. on and he's still doing the show.
5: Hey, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, that's <laughs> nice. Would <Yeah>. you <laughs> th- that's that, that's dance?
4: That's what I did. Oh, my that's God. Nice. Why would no. you? I, I, cause I, I didn't know about the other accident. No, I, I don't know. I, I messed my hand up. I, it's repetitive, and – um. So I had this little bandage on it to hold hold it together because it's a it's just I've played too much I guess over my life yeah and uh, I play really hard and I stretch it far and um, then I played uh, for about eight hours I played with a symphony orchestra last weekend and I kept the bandage on and that was a mistake uh- oh. So that's how I injured myself is playing with the bandage on because – Your the, hand wasn't used I, to hand that.
2: Hand and saving an orphan from being run over by a car. Like, yeah. So it was part of the – it was yeah. heroic. Uh, and piloting a drone towards the Enrique Iglesias. <laughs> I, just, yeah, I had to take one for the team. So. You do play hard because I remember – and, and I, I got a sense that you played hard. But then the first time you were on the podcast and we were up close to you, yeah. your, your fingers were actually really tender because you had played the night before without – Right uh, with that bandage, is right, and so, and then you were,
4: uh, and because you really lean in, you really yeah. lean into it. It's fun no fun as shit to watch. I'm sure it probably. Oh, oh it's just something you can do with a piano. so you can you can't put enough weight into it. Like it, it still keeps it's it's so dynamic that you can just keep getting sound out of it when you play it harder. So I've always stood up because I don't weigh enough to get what I want to hear out of it unless I stand up and I put my weight into it. So. Most people I know that play piano have had some kind of repetitive injury, and I just never have. And now I have, and it's kind of embarrassing. (laughs) I feel like a total wuss. No, no,
2: not at all. But but there's something really uh, percussive about it. There's almost like a percussion element to – It's a percussion instrument. It, it is, is. It is. Yeah. It is. Yes, it is in a way.
0: No, no it is. No, it's just that's what it is. No,
2: I understand. <laughs> no, it but, is. But 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 you but you but I'm saying you if you were to say name all the percussion instruments you wouldn't say I'd piano. Start with piano. Yep. No, you wouldn't. But I'd move on to drums. <laughs> okay. No, you definitely would not do that. I would say outside of trying to make Congo, to make this point. Conga.
5: Uh huh. Bongo.
2: Uh huh. Then what?
5: Piano again. Okay.
2: Yeah. All right. Good.
5: Yes. Bassoon. Awesome. Bassoon. But
2: well, I was just in. Um, I was I was in Mozart's birth house in Salzburg and, oh, and he, badass. there's a uh, he they he has the harpsichord that he composed the magic flute on mm. and it really made me want to find an antique harpsichord with black keys because they're so fucking cool I, I looking. Think I was
4: there years ago. It's in a little it's like a yeah.
2: little he little, was in a little room. Just like, like, like an apartment building. Yeah
4: yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, that's cool. I think you saw that.
2: Do you, can you is, is there any difference playing the harpsichord than playing a, a oh, piano?
4: Oh, yeah, uh, completely opposite, because it doesn't have any dynamics at all. So a harpsichord is like it's plucked. It's plucking the strings. Yeah, and you can hit it as hard as you want to, and it doesn't pluck. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the big invention about the piano, was that it was something that had dynamics, and that was the first. And and then I abused that dynamic. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so what are you, I mean... How do you not be paranoid of your hands all the time, of like not slamming them in a door or not? I mean, really like it's so much.
4: I never have really been. I mean, I don't do things like play basketball or uh, I don't know certain things. I don't. I don't play with lawnmower engines or anything. You like don't backyard that. wrestle. None of the, no, well, s- no yeah, street fighting. That. No st- backyard. A little, those are okay. I'm most worried. <laughs> I'm most worried about basketball and screwing around with engines and and certain things. But I, I, I haven't been, I haven't been all that careful, to tell you the truth. And and I, I thought it was best not to be. But I guess I shouldn't have worn that bandage last week. That's all. So, so now
2: the oddly, the direction is to not wear a bandage for your injured hand for a while. Seems to be.
4: I mean, I think I'm just supposed to stick in an ice bucket once every couple hours. Yeah. Take anti inflammatories and not play, and then we'll see if I can play. I've got a gig with the Chicago Youth Symphony Orchestra, I guess, this weekend. So oh. I'm going to try to do that. Holy shit. You I'll wrote be a, there, kids. You wrote a yeah. symphony. I wrote a uh, piano concerto, yeah. Uh, three movement piano concerto. And um, that's probably when this started because. I was practicing like eight hours a day in order to be able to perform what I wrote. Holy shit. So (laughs) over that time, I mean, I've never practiced before really. You know, I played drums. Yeah. Back to the percussion thing. That was my thing. I did practice that, but piano has always been sort of, you know, just something I, I, I spent time doing, but I wouldn't call it practice. So I had to practice in order to get this piano concerto working, but you know, you know, now I've got a piano concerto on my album which i guess is what everyone's doing these days
0: all the kids all the kids are now I'm doing it too so billy Joel wrote one and he had to have somebody else play it he wrote a bunch of
4: yeah etudes yeah 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 they're pretty cool he didn't play them yeah, yeah. that's I can see that happens because you you have a theory of what it is you want to hear and then that's different from actually performing it yeah. quite different um but no I had to practice a lot and we we uh, we premiered it. I guess at the beginning of this last year.
2: How do you know if you if you write an etude but you can't play it? Do you have do you just hand it to someone else and go? Tell me if this sounds good because I mean, like you can understand sort if you understand music. Yeah. You can un, you, you you can, can look at the it and music. Go, okay, this probably will work. But you
4: can input the notes into a computer and it'll play the 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 general idea of it. Computer. Computer. Yes. Computer says yes. You put it in. Is that what you do? Is that what you did? Yeah, I heard it all coming out of a computer, but I, I didn't like that for a lot of the orchestration, so uh, I would kind of shut that down, shut my brain out of that, because your, your, your mind has imagination, but, you know, ideas of what you might want to hear. The computer has a very definite, you know, a set of gestures that it goes through to play that, and you begin to write. For that Tronish sound, mm-hmm. because you get you, it pats you on the back for you. It's a successful demo tape when you do the things that it likes you to do. So I didn't want to do that. So uh, we used it, but I, I tried not to overuse it. Well, how is expressing some sort of an idea through
2: a concerto different than anything else?
4: I don't think it is that different. I think that the art form itself requires a little more. Um, well, an orchestra is pretty intense. Um, Orchestration is intense. That would be like the longest podcast ever if you got me talking about orchestration because it's something I'm really interested in, but uh, I don't know shit about it, uh, which is that's when you find people talk the most about things is yeah. when they don't know. But it's like there's so much to know about it. It's like it's a massive uh, synthesizer where you just have all of these – got so many sounds that you can make with it. So to me, I just wrote – instrumental songs basically and orchestrated them in the way that I would like to hear I mean, That's as simple as that. I mean, I think it's a really decent, I think it's a decent piece of music. Actually. I've been, I've been playing it like as part of my set and it works, but it takes a full orchestra, but I've been playing with orchestras the last couple of years. How long is it? How long does it? Does it run? Does it the short? whole piece, if you do it front to back is, you know, 23 minutes. Holy shit. Yeah. Well, crazy. that's gotta
2: be fun though. If, because it's a complete, it's a completely new thing for you yeah. to do on stage and show people like, hey, I, I mean like it's, a, it's kind of a new, a new tool
4: set. And, and as much as it seems like it would be, in theory, when I perform it, it just seems like one of my new songs. There's something about it that just seems like, I don't know, people that are familiar with my music would probably not be surprised if they'd listened to Reinhold Messner and then heard this that would sound like the same dude.
5: Well, yeah, there was a version of Smoke you did it with Australian mm-hmm. orchestra. That, that that one was uh, it's uh, like it was, a, it's funny because it was like a completely different song. It was it was almost like it was just referencing the original. Mm. But how like how much more you could bring into it with that, you know?
4: Yeah, and you can really make them vulgar. That's the thing. It's yeah. like you can you can you can you can overdo it with the orchestra. I've been playing with orchestras as as one of my main shows for like the last ten years. That's one of the main things I did. So the last time I played LA was the. With L.A. Philharmonic, two nights at uh, uh well, it wasn't the Roxy. At the Bowl, right? Uh, it was the Hollywood Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't remember the, the name of the. Well, oh, that there. little place. Yeah. yeah. How
3: does
5: that work though? Like uh, when people play with orchestras from, do you say like, do you send them the stuff and then they're ready for when you come into town, or do you get there early to? Yeah, they got a real system.
4: Um, you, you, they're organized with all the material when you get there, but they haven't rehearsed it usually. Yeah. So we get a 2-hour rehearsal, 3-hour rehearsal and a little break and you play your show. No fucking way. Yeah, so what happened, part of the thing with my hand is I did a 3-hour rehearsal. Then the mayor was sitting in on one song, the mayor of South Bend. I was playing South Bend, Indiana. It's <laughs> like their 150th birthday. It was really fun. And then the mayor's, the youngest mayor in the country is 32 years old. And he wanted to play on one song. So I had to sit and work with him a little bit. And then there was a, a girl we had who was sitting in on vocals who had never sang <laughs> before. Jeez. So I had to work with her. So really all said no, I I sat and played all day long with that thing. Oh, wow. But that's, but orchestras, you have to practice the same. days. You have to play two shows, you know, in a day, but, you know it's it's a lot of fun and and um <laughs> Uh, I'm getting used to it so. playing
5: with the mayor that does sound like something that would happen in Amadeus where it's like you get to that uh, you know city and they're like well you now have to play with the uh the chancellor
4: yeah like okay well, that like,
5: but
2: that that that, ha- that happens that happens in Amadeus yeah, where exactly, the, where, uh, the, uh, the yeah. emperor's like do you mind if I try yeah, exactly and Salieri's so right. is like I would be honored yeah. like he clearly isn't honored <laughs> yeah. but he's like of course and then and then he can't like
0: that was so oh, very close excellency very close yeah. and now my uh, nephew,
4: who's not quick. Here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. That's the kind of gig you get that on. I'm you sure know, the Rolling Stones didn't have people
5: coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
4: To play Do the you guitar. mind if yeah. I... I yeah. can't
2: get no... No? No satisfaction? <laughs> Are we all in the same I run key. the Chamber of Commerce here in this town and I would be delighted if you let me play <laughs> the Klezmer. You're not getting out of the state if you don't let me sing on your song, Mr. Jagger. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Jagger. Mr. Jagger. Where's your tour taking you all summer?
4: Uh all over the place. Uh, we're playing. Uh, we're playing here at the Greek, um, and I don't know. We're taping this, so I don't know what today is. What's today when they June this? Oh no! Great question. No idea. Katie knows. Soonish. Yeah. yeah. When's that Greek show? Uh, June, 26th. June 26th. So today is June 26. <laughs> <is>. Tomorrow <laughs> we're playing the Greek. Holy yeah, shit! Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh my god! I think I'm in
2: town. <gasps> i'm coming to
5: that you just got yourself two motherfucking tickets
3: Yeah, yeah. fuck yeah. <laughs> so,
5: so funny, i said i was going too, and well you, you said you're anything. going first well you know did you no i didn't hear that i didn't hear that did I someone say
3: something
5: no i didn't,
2: I didn't you just I got didn't yourself
5: one motherfucking ticket. <laughs> <Well>, i <laughs> have a wife
2: <laughs> i could take you as my plus one but i'm gonna take lydia Mm-hmm. but I could I mean it's possible but I'm probably going to take music, yeah. a no 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 I I'll buy hard No, I'll can, buy a ticket too I can put you boys well, No we we'll all, we'll all pay We're probably we're buying them Which which songs do you want us to come up and do <laughs> with you
4: uh, a couple Mozart. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: da la
0: Play the magic fruit. <laughs> Whatever Garcetti turns down. He's the everyone. mayor. Oh yeah, he will be up there
4: for sure. <laughs> yeah. And actually he's the mayor. I've I've been living here. I didn't know that thing. It'd be,
2: it'd be, just like during a whole show, you don't actually do any of your songs, just uh, just members of the city council, like everyone like Everyone gets to come up and weigh in on there.
4: Could it should be a one big rock this bitch night. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I
4: saw Tom Petty at the Bowl
5: years ago, and half of the show was a Steve Winwood concert. Really? Yeah, like yeah. he like he played like fifteen minutes, and he's like, "Hey, Steve Winwood's here!" And then like he brought up, and then just like half an hour. That's then, great! There. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like that
4: kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah
5: you can tell they were having like a really good
4: time. Someone uh, at, at the at the record label years ago went crazy in one of the Australian territories and got me a number one song, when was played nowhere else in the world but there, and they just played it to death. So that she's like, "But you have to come down and play this Valentine special in Adelaide, Australia." Of course, I lived there for a while, but I had to fly all the way to Adelaide for one little gig at some pub. Where it was like. <laughs> <laughs> only for winners and no one had any idea what I did and they were talking over the whole thing and oh, being shit. rude so after the f- first song, I just started playing country covers, and I played like an hour and a half. I didn't realize how many country songs I knew. I played for like an hour and a half playing country songs, and then wow. when I ran out of that, I played polkas, and I had no idea. That's, That's fantastic. Got back on the plane and went 15 hours back home. Oh, Worst gig I ever played. But, <laughs> 30 hours of travel just to just to play tonight the bottle let me down. <laughs> Thank you. That's, that stands for soy and not skim, I guess, right?
2: Thank soy. You. Mm. So, sorry.
4: Mm. now we're taking a break just a quick little sip break katie clip out the sip break <laughs> no it's you real it? Leave it in. you guys don't have those cough buttons anymore <laughs> <laughs> but this isn't coughing though no, it's not coffee. Of mm-hmm. mm. God,
2: mm. <laughs> shut up, Matt.
4: <laughs> Can you just leave in where I tell Matt
2: to shut up, but don't justify why?
4: <laughs> <laughs> I forgot I was going to bring a snare drum and a cymbal last time. I did think to do that.
2: You were going yeah, go to, to do that? You are going to just some just some rim shots? Just some fun rim shots? Yeah. Do you in, in your shows? Do you jump behind the drum kit?
4: Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. I <laughs> do that sometimes. Um, you, you don't have your button. I know. Um, I do when I play solo shows sometimes, just the piano. Then in the middle of a song, I just run to the drums for a little while and then come back. Are you are you playing anything from
2: the last Folds Five record, or is it is it uh, is it just you- the thing that we're doing in the Greek?
4: Is uh, okay. I made the record with a classical sextet, mm-hmm. so and they're called Y Music, and that sounds like not as much of a rock album that it actually is. It's it's poppiest thing I've done in forever. <laughs> Uh, But it just involves classical instruments instead. Uh, And uh, so, yeah, we'll play songs from the new record. uh, And uh, uh, we won't play, I don't think any of the concerto. I played that last time when I was here with the Philharmonic. I played a movement from the concerto. And then, yeah, we'll play some old shit, some old shit and some new shit. I still sing Do It Anyway to myself.
2: It's so fucking... It just in the video, or...? N- well, no. I know you would
0: probably think that that was the reason. <laughs> but know, it's so catchy! I'm with Jonah. I think that's the reason he yeah. it.
2: Well, Well, what, what you guys think doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. We know. Uh, you've come a long way. This is good. Yeah.
5: <laughs> I'm proud of you. You really learned how to shit on your friend. Yeah. <laughs>
2: you were shitting on me first! What are you talking about? It's just an honest question, I learned to turn back around and re-aim the shit found in your direction. <laughs> yeah. I, but, it, but it, but that, but uh, that.
4: Now he's back. Had a breakthrough, then I did. Oh man, <laughs> it's okay. One it step forward, three
5: steps back. Right back up.
4: <laughs> I like that song. I'm glad we did that video because you don't have many chances these days to do a, a proper video. Like most of the time, if you do a video anymore, unless it's you know Kanye West video or something, it doesn't have a, a real shoot. Right, you know, you you scrape together a little bit of money and go out and do something, and this had a reason to do it. Like there was a reason there, which made it really fun. And to work with puppets, they take the heat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they they're the entertainment. You just have to kind of sit there, bemused, and play. I thought it was really fun.
2: So, because you, you obviously you can't make a video for the concerto. So oh, that.
4: we're thinking about it. Really? Well, one of the ideas we had for one of the movements was a a fight to the death with the piano uh, where uh, uh, where the piano would win. Um, and um, it could be kind of cool because the, pian- because the concerto sounds like that. It sounds like there's a fight between the person and the piano. Would so. it be the whole 25 minutes? No, it would just be one of the movements, which is – one of the movements is very short. It's about four and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. So it would work like a pop song would. I mean, we can play since, since I've fucked my hand and uh, I'm not going to play anything – Live, I do have the record. We can play bits and pieces of some of that stuff. All right. And you can hear what the concerto sounds like because it's, it's just like a song with no one singing. Do you need
2: like a nice juicy chunk of something new and challenging like that every time you go out on tour to make it – because it is it – is, touring is very monotonous. Yeah. But if you have something to look forward to, oh, i need to do this tonight or I get to try this in front of
4: this, but like is thats that is – that Kind of what rejuvenates you through the tour, I think you have to be um or I don't know if you anyone else it seems like one would have to be a little bit uncomfortable um with anything that you're doing that's new, you know I mean because uh, I think everyone makes a first album, a band makes a first album, and uh they didn't really know what they were doing there's you know you just don't know what you're doing you're just discovered it, and everyone's like that's amazing and then you feel like you need to do that over and over again that the youthful thing to do is to act like you were young but the thing is it's like you need to go into the unknown make something that maybe seems to you like some kind of old man shit like writing a concerto i mean that's great old man shit but it's scary <laughs> to me i've never done it before so i approach it with an innocence and 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 uh <laughs> good healthy dose of Holy fucking shit, you know, because <laughs> I, I kept on trying to quit this project. But I, I did it on a commission uh, from Nashville Ballet and Nashville Symphony Orchestra and Minnesota Orchestra. And, uh, you know, if you know these organizations, uh, you know, once you once you take your money, they, they, they'll they hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't deliver? Yeah, if you don't deliver on time, they'll, they'll hurt you. So um, I, I tried to quit a couple of times. Once because I'd had a, a dentist appointment and uh, it didn't feel good. And I was, you know, when you have the all the drugs, and I called up with cotton and stuff in my mouth, and I tried to quit, and it didn't work. So. But I finished it eventually. <laughs> I, I tried it was 15 seconds of music a day is what I tried to orchestrate. Oh, wow. So uh, if I kept my 15 seconds a day uh, up, um, I would finish it. Like nine yards of music, that spun. But it's a it's an interesting way to do it because it's like the way Stephen King says he writes his novels no fucking idea what he's going to end up with. He just starts at the beginning with sort of a premise, and a lot of people think that they know where it's going to end. I had no idea where this was going. I would just go, oh, that's that's my idea for the day. Let's make it real. And, and it is now. And it sounds like a real piece. <laughs> I've totally fooled everyone. It sounds like, <laughs> <laughs> it
0: sounds like music. Suckers. Yeah. But by the
4: time you got to the end of it, did you then go, okay, now I have a sense
2: of this, and then go back and then
4: kind of tweak? I did on one of the movements. The um, thing is about uh, about, about a, a concerto or a symphony is that you're taking an idea and you're exploring it for 20 minutes where a pop song takes one idea and repeats it for three minutes, just simply repeats it. There's no real expor- exploration of the idea, but you know, da 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 da, da 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 da, da 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 You know, like these are the motif, and you can find it all over the piece, like in the in the low
2: brass and everywhere throughout the piece. Was and that you know. Taylor Swift? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. <laughs>
4: It was it was, of that, was, that was her fifth <laughs> symphony, <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
4: but Opus it's hard to. Yeah, it was really compressed. The recording <laughs> exclusively at Target. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> there's a. Uh, I, I went. I went kind of down a rabbit hole the other day of this. Do you know a? Do you know a piano player by the name of Chili Gonzalez?
4: Oh hell yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. Okay. So he does this series That's of so breaking down pop music. And uh, and he starts it off by saying, you know, I'm Chili Gonzalez, musical genius. And yeah. uh, and this is – I think it's called like Pop Matters or so- something like that yeah. where he basically takes – you know, he'll take like Shake It Off and go, you know, here are all the musical reasons why this works. And then, of course, this part repeats here and it ends on this kind of a chord. And then, and then he'll play it and it's fucking stu- – and then it's stunning yeah. where it actually sounds like – He's actually made it sound like a piece of classical music the way he's seamlessly playing
4: it. Well, he's on to something because if you have a, an idea that's worth repeating for three minutes that people can go around and sing, it, it's a good melody. There's nothing worse about you know that, that melody than there is about a classical uh, music piece. It's just that the classical music piece has to continue to develop the idea. So what Mr. Gonzalez is doing is just developing the idea. And he's good at that. Like he takes a simple idea on his, you know, like his his uh, instrumental solo piano pieces. Those are brilliant, and they're so simple.
2: You know? Do you have an idea in your head of what it is, or is it just well the music feels like it should do this? Or do you start going, oh, this is this this is representative of spring and an orange tree blooming? Like do you have that? That much of an idea. Like I that did some- for
4: one part of the first movement uh, was uh, based on something my dentist told me about. <laughs> it was during that time because I'd had this dentist appointment and and, and 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 I had teeth pulled and stuff. Um, but he was telling me about uh, growing up in Kenya and how the uh, the uh, you would know to be afraid because the crickets would get quiet. So when the crickets shut up, you didn't realize oh all day long it was this den of bugs that you're listening to, and then when they get quiet that's when it's scary because they know the predator's coming, but you don't have to explain to anyone. You in, in, in inherently know that that silence means holy shit, some big dude's coming to eat me. So I thought that it would be interesting to have the, uh, the, the winds all clicking like, like bugs and then they're hushed by timpani. So there are a couple parts that are, are so, kind of a soundscape of sort of program music about being in the jungle. Uh, but it, I don't think that's what someone's going to think that it is. But I think that, that if a dynamic, you know, because dynamics are human, that, uh, that that if a child knows to be afraid when the crickets get quiet, that there's something musical about that. I mean, this is where music came from is, is you know, people trying not to get eaten in the jungle, I think, really, if you think about it. It's a communication, and it's like, where is that? Like, where's that thing? Where did that sound come from? You have to, these are all musical musical ideas, you know. I
2: almost wonder if... if what it would be a fun experiment to just watch a bunch of footage of random things on silent and just kind of try to score them to just Mm. see what, you know, just like, watch Whoa. astronaut footage or watch nature footage or watch you know like watch bugs mating or something Yeah. and then just take like a 3 or 4 minute chunk and then, and then just try to, <laughs> try to score and then just try to score it as a way to come up with something that you know like if you're if you really are trying you're like oh I really need to write something today but I just don't have any ideas
4: just write a just Well you're a, on to something. I think that's really I mean I think that's that there's really something there's really something to that and 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 what kind of what prompts you to to have a musical idea that may or may not be it but it'd be an interesting thing to do uh, at the same time like there's some people who who like to uh watch um uh, Wizard of Oz and play Dark Side of the Moon sure. together right and actually that's kind of cool <laughs> there is a collision going on of cadences you know like like you're seeing something visual and then you're hearing something else and people tend to cadence along you know like they say every 20 minutes in a conversation there's a lull mm-hmm. I mean with me it's usually every 20 seconds mm-hmm. but uh, every, every 20 minutes that, that happens and I think you know with a piece you know like a uh, uh, an, an album is going to arc at, at the same rate at many times as any other piece of art. We were watching like just random modern dance today with my uh, with my music because thinking about putting together some kind of dance video. But it's, inter- it's more interesting to watch the collision of what the hell happened by accident in a way than it is to just like yeah. – Cause it yourself. So if you're watching something, you're scoring, it's like there was a, um, a movie that I don't think it did that well over here called about time did great in Europe as a Richard Curtis films, great movie. And he based a lot of the movie around, uh, my song, the luckiest. And, um, it was just huge because the, the movie was so good and it understood the song so much better than I did when I wrote it. I saw something about the song that I had no idea was in it. And it was so, cool to see if someone had said hey here's about times a movie about this and this and this go off and write a song i would have never written that song to that hmm. you know so it's just what That's are you interested to Who knows? was that the one where
5: he like kind of go back in time mm, yeah. yeah that you was
4: my, yeah. yeah yeah
5: i really enjoyed that movie
4: yeah. no i like that movie a lot i think it's a you know what in a way it's one of those things where maybe right now wasn't the right time for a, a time movie and all the american criticism of it seemed to be you know wolf well, you really went into a time machine then you would come back and these things would happen when it's really just about a combination of you know like it was just about how you spend your t- how you spend your time yeah just about life yeah you which know, is it, it was a good it was a good way to get that across but the movie had nothing to do with fucking time machine. Yeah. Exactly.
3: <laughs> yeah. And, and, and every
4: every i stopped i really like i thought maybe like maybe movie critics weren't as dumb as as music critics and turns out they are so (laughs) (laughs) well there is something um
2: someone wrote an article about uh i don't remember i don't remember who it was but and 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 to be fair i didn't read the whole article someone just sent me the headline of it i was like that's a very weird headline where it said it was about the last episode of mad men where it said uh it doesn't matter what the Creator says about Matt Weiner. It doesn't matter what the Creator says about what the ending means. His opinion doesn't matter. Your opinion matters, and here's what, and I was like, you know, <laughs> I feel like, okay, maybe that's true to an extent,
4: yeah, there's something to that,
2: but then I also felt like, but as a critic and I don't mean this as a I don't mean this as a dig, you don't that he's not really a Creator, so to say what you should it's almost like because it's not. Criticism by nature is not a creative pursuit because you're not creating something. You are trying to deconstruct something, which is the opposite of creation. Mm. So to me, it just seemed like a very weird like – I don't know. That's like that's like telling a mechanic what he should or shouldn't. Well, don't listen to that mechanic tell you about your car. Just you, – you decide what – I don't know. It just sort of <laughs> – Well, and those weird. guys
4: are never going to – I mean, you know – Critics are really always going to piss at least half the people off. So sure, it's, it's already like it's 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 kind of a bad it's kind of a bad gig. But yeah, I think I think it's dodgy territory when you try to try to tell someone why someone did something, right? Like uh, I think that's one. Of, that's one of the. I would think that would be a no-no if I embarked upon a, a, a career <laughs> as a critic. I would probably my first note to myself would probably be: Let's not do that. To well, say, to say what they meant, and and and, and even to place yourself in th- that kind of speculation, or to say whether it matters or not. Actually, the truth is, is you're looking at a piece of art, and and it, there were probably good reasons why certain things worked and certain things did. I do think that's true, and if you can take that apart for people, but that what you're talking, what that guy says is as much of shit. Well, I don't, <laughs> I didn't read the whole article, so
2: it might have, it might have actually made a point that I, I just saw. I just saw the headline, and of course, made a snap judgment because mm-hmm. I assumed, like, oh, it's you can't say what. You, I mean, yes, as an audience, you do, you do assign some sort of meaning to it because mm-hmm. that's just how you relate to the world. But you can't completely discount. What the person who made something—I don't think you well, should completely discount. A,
4: well, no, it's part. It's in it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you were watching it. <laughs>
2: yeah. You're watching the inside, of the guy. and it's kind that's of funny. important to know. I think it's sort of important to know where they were coming from, so you can try to
0: understand the piece. I mean, of course, you can decide well, if, you if you don't, were, don't know. Maybe yeah. it wasn't very good. Well, that's true, but I also think there's something to like not Matthew Minor not having to explain himself and just. Doing what he wanted to do. There was a lot to then be said go, about art go. being
5: like a thing that like, it's like, you know, the artist creates a thing and that's where they're like, that's where they're done with it. And then now it's like, now it's, for the people to decide what they think of it, and because it's sure. like they give it to the world, and the world decides how they feel about it.
2: And also, it, when you when you really like something, it obviously hits something very personal to you, and so you're gonna you're going to interpret, you're going to attach things. So I don't I don't I don't actually don't disagree with that side of it. Mm. I do believe that everyone everyone should like. Oh, you should decide what something means to you because no one can tell you what that is. But I just feel like, but you can't completely disregard what the creator of something
6: well it's
4: almost like uh it's almost like a whole separate issue if you think about it i mean it's like putting too much personality it's it's but but I it, it seems to me that that criticism there's like a really there's there's a, a lot of potential in it but it's almost like in 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 all the ways you know that certain ways that we've become dumbed down i think that's maybe one of one of them is in the world of criticism. Because I think there, I mean, I, I remember, you know, like in in English Lit, they teach you that there was, what, three or four schools of literary criticism. There are schools of literary criticism where, okay, here's, you know, you, you, you're transparent about it. Like, here's the school that I'm coming from. Here's the way that this normally works if you deconstruct so this, this is leading to this, and this is cadencing this way. But now we just kind of, like, our reviewers just kind of go, oh, it sucked, or that was really good, or... <laughs> I don't know. I just don't think. And half of the half of the criticism are, are, are about what about the critic, right? Like it's about about them as a person. People are roped in by personality and 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 drama. But I would be interested in reading a really good um, um, piece of criticism about things that I'd done, if, even if they were bad, because I might learn something. But you know, it's like we got one. Recently, where someone was talking about the saxophone, and there wasn't a saxophone in it, so I just kind of bothers. Me. <laughs> I was talking about a
0: non-existent. <laughs> and then, yeah, it was like wow, well, that was a clarinet.
2: Sorry, not a sax. I do, I do think that um, I think there's plenty of room for uh, for constru- for constructive criticism. Absolutely, and but when when you must can, exist when you can tell that the person writing it cares about the piece and and also is writing about it from the point of view of Not like you said, not making that about themselves, Mm. but it is there's so much like uh, criticism now has become such a a form all its own of like, look how clever I am. Look at the crazy metaphors I can weave to tell you how much this thing sucked as opposed to, you know, here's how it could be, you know, here's what was good about it. Here's what I didn't like about it, and here's how I think this could have improved. You know, like a really careful contemplative study yeah, as opposed to this was worse than Hitler and everything about it should die in a fire. You know, yeah. it's like – That's you're- why I
0: like sports commentating because everybody watching knows what should happen the team you know what i mean like everyone knows that the goal of this thing you're about to watch right. is for that team to score the most runs well and yeah. you know at halftime where some of those guys that
4: are ex-ball players or ex-coaches and stuff show you yeah. they start circling stuff and show you where that's what i like to see if someone criticizes the piece because i mean i don't know everything about music but i can sit and listen to a piece of music and generally tell you here's why this is happening that mm-hmm. may may not be your taste and may be your taste. But at this point, the reason this is happening is this. And here's how that would change if the intention was to do this. Yep. In this yeah. case, that doesn't seem to work, especially given the context of what year it is and the way that goes into ears in these days. Right. Maybe he could bring this back in 10 years and people might like it a little bit better. Or this would have worked in this era where these things were thought about. I, I just think there's, there's a way to do it that is interesting. I just I haven't seen it. Yet. yeah right personally like i really i'm happy if someone sends me something that i learned something from that's a piece of music criticism yeah I like a lot
5: it. of the stuff that like uh, i do like a music podcast and there's like a lot of people send me stuff to play and mm-hmm. going through it sometimes it's like you start to listen to something blind you don't know what kind of music it's going to yeah. be you don't know where it's going to be coming from or where it's going to go and you know i'll find myself going like it's like okay cool good riff Drums are coming in pretty cool. Yeah. And then it's like, and then like, they'll take a left. and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Man, it should have been a right. That would have been so. And then like, I completely take myself out of it because I wanted to, I wanted it to be something else than it was providing for me. Yeah. It's a real silly thing to do. But like, at the same time, it's like, you want, you want to
4: like talk to me like, hey, you know that song. That's but I think one important part, part of that is your blindness that you're mentioning. So if you are listening to something blind and you don't know who's doing it or where it's coming from, or even when it's recorded. I love that kind of shit. Where you're, you're listening to music and it's some kind of playlist someone has, and you don't even know what year it is. And then yeah. you're going, "Okay, was that a thing that's trying to sound like the '70s, or was oh, that yeah. in the <laughs> '70s?" And if it was in the '70s, that's really pretty interesting. Yeah, you know, it makes a difference. Yeah, but in a way, why should it? Like, like you yeah. said, it made a left, and you just didn't feel like a left. Yeah, and you're entitled to that. And if you can tell someone why it made the left. And how maybe it might have been helpful to have made the right since later on he made another left and two lefts don't make a right or whatever. You know, it works.
5: It's funny. Like there was – last year I went to a Fantastic Fest, a movie festival in Austin and it was – like I didn't see trailers for any of the movies I signed up for. I just saw like a – like, you know, what the title was and a one-line description of it and I was just like, cool, sounds good. You know, you get your tickets for a festival and then you sit down and you just go in blind. Like, it's mm-hmm. like, and for a lot of the movies, I just like wrote down what my friends were seeing just because I wanted to see movies with them. And it was kind of beautiful to see something just unfold in front of you yeah. as opposed to having an idea of what you're about to Like,
0: imagine how cool experience. it would have been if you were watching Terminator 2 and you didn't know that Arnold was a good guy this time. Yeah, it would like, have, blown, that would you have been away. Like blown you away. Yeah. Like, they're trying to get the same guy, and yeah. you think. Or it's like someone that's like it's
5: like you're walking into a museum. Someone's like, "Okay, there's going to be uh, like they start describing the painting to you, and then they show you a sketch of the painting, and then you finally see the painting. You're like, like, okay, I thought it was gonna, I thought the colors were different from the picture.' You know, you what's me. interesting about this? I feel like
2: so many people now are afraid to do that because there's such a, there's such an economy of time and energy and time and attention that people will spend more of their time weighing options and going, well, I don't know. I mean, and if you tell them like, this is the, this is the, this is the sort of the journey that they want you to take. If you go see this thing, I don't know if I, as opposed to just going and experiencing yeah. the thing that it it's people are, I think we're, because we're so used to just getting all the information all at once that it's actually even scary to to even take an emotional chance yeah. that I might not like this, or this might go in a direction that I'm not I don't know where that's gonna go. Yeah, if
5: I watched a movie every time I got onto Netflix and just scanned through movies, I would have seen way more movies than I have because I spend like an hour like yeah. looking through every title and going. It'd be really great if there
2: It'd be really great if Netflix or iTunes or something did basically a film spinner where you could just t- select a random movie and it didn't tell you anything about the genre or who you know, like you just had to sit down and. And watch a movie yeah
4: that would be really that'd be really cool i see most of the movies i see silent because it's on a plane and it's on the guy's laptop (laughs) (laughs) or it's you know it's on the screen somewhere i'm not watching it i'll wake up i saw one a couple weeks ago and i kept waking up and i see a little bit of it and it looked funny like i thought like it, he was like, it was kind of these funny little battle scenes. And then he was fighting with his wife and there's a funny little battle scene. And it seemed like a comedy. And then I found out it was American sniper. So I, I didn't. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, oh, <yeah.
3: laughs>
4: you because saw Bradley sound, Cooper and you probably uh, thought, thought, Oh, was he's funny. funny. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> baby, I'm at war. What do you expect me to do? <laughs> but I didn't. That's not a real baby. <laughs> <laughs> but because I didn't have the sound on and I was, yeah, I was asleep. I was open and that's what I thought it was. And and I and I was serious when I found out that that it was a, a real movie, and that people didn't think it was funny. Though, it was so funny. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's funny that you didn't burst out, ah,
2: yeah. it looks yeah. hilarious. <laughs> look at that. Look but look like at
0: one, we were, I was on a plane once. My fiance was watching Philomena, the Judi Dench movie, and uh, I was watching a documentary about the Beatles. Uh, Freedom girl that ran our, ran the fan club. And just watching watching my movie with the sound, and then seeing her movie, you could see the sort of act breaks happening at the same time because we both start, oh. and you could see them winding down to the end of the yeah. movie at so the same like time. The, it was very it's what that cadence, the yeah. Yeah, the, the,
4: yeah, the 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 cadencing of things that That's happens fascinating actually. to me. That was like yeah. one of
0: the more fascinating things I've ever seen on a plane. This <laughs> well, is
4: this is making me think. I actually still really interested in this criticism thing. I'm gonna sure. I'm gonna learn about it. Well, I'm going to study about this. What do you want to learn? <laughs> what do you want to I learn? don't know. I want to learn what they do, why <laughs> they do it, and when it's good. Well, I'm sure
2: some people do it because they actually do care. And I'm sure some people, I mean, it's like anything. Oh, yeah. And no, I'm sure some people a, do it because it's like, oh, well, you know, I got to sign this job and I'm supposed to do this. And, you know, it's, you know. Especially
5: sh- now with the amount of sites. Of course. Where,
2: yeah. I'm sure some people do it because they get to see everything for, you know, like yeah. in advance. Or some people do it because it's. I don't know, empowering. I mean, it's very empowering in some way, which is funny because it's like, why is this guy's opinion anymore? I mean, I would always think in some cases, someone who's who sees everything and whose job is it it is to overanalyze everything is is not how most people watch movies. Mm. So you know, are, does that does is their opinion? not really count for just the average moviegoer because the average moviegoer is like I i kind of want to go enjoy something as opposed right. to a and you know an act by act scene by scene breakdown of why something well, was what good we or not. Had with
4: the record labels there at the end uh, of, of the record business was uh you know people making records and marketing them with very little idea of what your average person right. thought like or you know musicians we're all on a tour we come back saying no, no. oh that's kind of corny oh listen we know we know our business. all right do you do that True. that huh. seems fucking stupid to me but <laughs> <laughs> you can do that and then i miss labels now i think they were good <laughs> oh you do i do i i i liked it when they were the, when the label was good i think that was a really amazing thing to have like a mom and dad and editor allowed you to be the child and now the now the musician has to be the grown up and oh. i think that that's kind of sad in a way like you have to uh you know have to think about your own promotion more or or if something's responsible or not you shouldn't think about if it's responsible or not someone else should be beating you down and then you can say no wouldn't let me do it you know <laughs> that's fine but it keeps it keeps the musician i think it was i think it's lamentable that that didn't work out and do you you also have to handle
2: all of the all the boring stuff too. Like you and your tour manager have to handle all the, you know, I, I would imagine like, we go, to worry about insurance. We got to worry about everything. You know, like as opposed to just like, Oh, go here, play here.
4: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't really have to get quite into that, but, uh, but yeah, I think you have to be more aware now than you used to. I mean, now I'm on a, a kind of, I'm doing a thing with a label now with a r- really good one. Come to think of it. And they're made up of, of people who have done it before. And it's kind of fun. Cause we're thinking really old school about this record. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I haven't, I haven't been in on these kind of sort of meetings in a long time. They've been more random. You know, like the thing that we did with Do It Anyway was just like you had this opportunity and you, we thought, oh, this will work for you guys. And we just – no one chased that down. Right. You know, it's like that's someone's job supposedly to, to find those amazing things and uh, and, you know, you just – you did it. Well, it's
2: kind of annoying to have to be the – I mean, like you say, be the adult. But you know, you 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 kind of as the artist now, you really have to be the also the marketer, mm-hmm. and also, um, uh, you have to figure out which the press to do for it, and you have to think about how to how it's going to affect. I mean, it's, yeah, the, you have to do so many jobs that. You didn't set out to be a marketer. you like you yeah. wanted to make music, you know. And, and some so- people
4: are more amazing than that than others. And it's a matter of making it all musical. Like I don't think any of us particularly evil. Like like even uh, self promotion. I mean, to be honest, is like if you don't want to have anything to do with it, just stay in your fucking basement. Right. <laughs> but if if you are gonna do it, then everyone has their own. Like, what can you stomach? Like when all the the social media stuff really blew up. You know, I took me a long time to be okay with getting quite that close to people i was i always thought be, be good to have a little mystery there you know, sure showing pictures of of what you had for lunch and stuff like that so this is a bit much you know but I, but one thing i really liked about it and i like about it now is that you don't have to run these ideas past a mom and dad that's nice for me to just go well, i'd like to do something Yeah, we just do it because we were on the road. We had that freedom like back when 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 Ben Folds five were like making shit tons of money. We just go, well, tonight, let's just do pyro at the show. And they go, okay, we'll get it. We have to get it by four o'clock because the fire marshal has to come in. It's going to cost you twenty five thousand. Okay that's good when do we set it off anytime (laughs) (laughs) find a place that i don't expect in a ballad (laughs) (laughs) set that shit off and they go what do you want we got squibs concussions and all kinds of stuff and and it was fun We, we used to do that like maybe one every 30 shows or something, just, just do that. And then, and then you can see it worked. But when it came to record making, you couldn't say, Hey, we'd like to do this thing or that thing that's completely irresponsible because you'd have a panel of people saying you couldn't do it. The same time, like I say, I think that it's kind of nice to be, Mm -hmm. to have mom and dad tell you, I like my boundaries, you know, my parents (laughs) to tell me to come in before 11 o'clock and stuff. Well, I also think, you know, some boundaries, I, like I think, some boundaries are, are
2: good. And, and sometimes, mm. when you see someone break away from, because I, I think there is a little bit of, you know, a, a lot of art stuff can be a little bit of rebellion at, at boundaries. And so, when people give you, you know, stupid uh, rules to, well, you can do this, but you're not allowed to do this, and you're going to, it sort of forces you to be creative yeah. to come up with something. As opposed to sometimes, I think, when people have complete freedom. Yeah. It's almost like oh, I did. It feels like you needed to be a little bit tethered because that I that's just too. It's just too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just too much of everything all at once, and it just it would have been cool if if it had felt like a little bit of. There was a little bit like you're really kind of pushing against something.
4: I think you need that collaboration with circumstance. The idea, the, the, the egotistical idea that the artist is responsible for 100% of what it is you're creating is, I think that's that's pretty fa- flawed. I mean, I think it's basically probably 51 49 it should be about 51%, the artist has their say, and the 49% it could be mistakes, or it could be what they told you you couldn't do, or something that was a limitation in some way that you had to collaborate with so that something is not conscious for you. But just as soon as you have the illusion that you're in control of everything, which is the problem with having 10,000 uh, uh, know, choices at your disposal when you're recording these days, there's too many choices. Um, so so you, you you will collaborate you know, with Satan. <laughs> <laughs> and those are not good. Right. Satanic
2: collaborations. Some of them t- could be C- could be good. Yeah, yeah, they could be good for a moment.
5: Yeah.
0: And then eternal damnation.
5: Yeah. You don't want to be it's t- working t- out well for King Diamond.
0: Hey, huh? I think so. Sammy Davis Jr. was in the Church of Satan for a short time. Was he really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. What do you have to give up? I don't know. His eye. His eye. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I get it. We were on the same... We
2: were on the same
5: wavelength. Set just... him up, uh, knocking them down. Knocking them
2: down.
0: Takes <laughs> <laughs> two guys to knock down my setups.
3: <laughs>
5: <laughs>
0: That's right. Ah, <laughs> bring it, bitches.
4: <laughs> Put your studs
0: too close together. We can't get through that.
2: <laughs> do, you, do you... Are you good at sitting down to just... I mean, like, writing a concerto seems like it'd be an amazing exercise in just... Having to, like you're saying, write 15 seconds every day, regardless of what it is. Yeah. Rather, there's, I've I just got an article that I want to read that's it's something of like, um, so the title is something along the lines of like the myth of creative genius. Uh-huh. That's the idea of, you know, no, 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 you go in and you write a lot of stuff and a lot of it's going to suck, but it doesn't matter because that's necessary to yeah. keep the machine grease so that you can find the, you know, like sitting around, just sitting around and waiting for inspiration to strike, and you know, have your magic moment. It's, it's, it's kind of a, I agree
4: with that partially, but I think the problem is, is as soon as you frame something like that and you find a rule for it, that's precisely the time when it doesn't become true anymore. When you're creating, you know what I mean? Like the moment you think it's all about your dentist appointment, or you know, like I've mentioned the dentist a lot. No, yeah, yeah, I need to think about that a little bit, but. <laughs> You know, as soon as you as soon as you think, oh, it's it's is about you know writing every single morning or, or that's going to work, then it stops working. And then and then it, you know what I mean because that's that's creativity is, is so you just have to just keep chasing it. It's a big mess. And when people try to write these books and try to frame it and say how it works, fuck! If I've never seen it work the same way twice for me, I don't know if that if mm-hmm. someone has has the has the formula, but I, I do think that that it, there is a muscle involved in it uh, in the way that you're thinking, uh, and that there has to be something good about regularity mm-hmm. uh, in in both f- forms of the word.
2: But also, it, but then, like you said, there's not really a rule because sometimes it's good to take a break and then you come I back know. and then you're super refreshed and you're like, oh wow, now I have all these. Idea, all these ideas.
4: Yeah, I do think you ha- you, probably what this guy is talking about probably has to do a little bit with being okay, uh, okay with failing. Mm-hmm. You know, you're know, you going to suck. It's just something's going to suck. And the best it was ever described to me was actually at a kid's summer camp. And the guy said, okay, here's how you do it. Uh, you've got an editor in your brain. That editor, you make a deal with the editor. That's your self-conscious editor that's, that's telling you this sucks, this sucks, this is going to suck. Don't do it. That guy, you ask him to leave the room. He doesn't get to be in the room. But your deal is when he comes in tomorrow, he gets to bring his hatchet. So (laughs) he gets to bring a chainsaw and do whatever he wants. He can cut the whole thing. He can cut it all except for one syllable. He can do whatever he wants to. But today is yours. So you just write everything you want to. And tomorrow the asshole is coming back with his hatchet. And I think that's really useful because so many ideas are stopped what are you afraid of? Like, what's so scary about having a shitty idea? No one else even has to hear it. But you got to, the, yeah, this 15 seconds a day was very interesting for me because I'm a total control freak over writing my songs. I I take a long time because I have a really precise uh, idea of what it is I'm trying to accomplish. But when you make it a 23-minute piano concerto, and I can't really imagine this, um, then it's all new. And I think that was actually really good for me. And
2: halfway through when you wanted to quit was it because you just felt overwhelmed by the enormity of it or you just felt like i'm done i I can't push any 15 seconds forward anymore
4: i kind of i think i really I, I was just afraid i couldn't do it i was afraid that it would suck and i and i could really see the pitfalls of a rock and roll musician once again trying to enter something like classical music and turn out to be a fucking jackass you know like and that that was scary to me but what i what how i came to grips with it was I just realized that this is a way I can express something. So my whole job here is to break the law and do the things that I would like to see and hear done. If I were, you know, if, if I were the boss for a moment and got to have the orchestra, that's, I had to think of it like a dream. Like, what do I want to hear? Like, what would move me instead of how do I prove myself or does this need to sound like something or, or should it sound like something or not? All those things are big considerations because you know, it's going out to an audience who are discerning about classical music. And um, I'm not. I, I don't know anything. I just, I, I want to hear a thing and I can figure out in the mess how to get it. So, and, and, and you know, we were talking like when we think about criticism, I was thinking well, you know, uh, years ago there were, uh, I think, proper critics and then, you know, musicians, like the composition that was going on, like, you know, 18th, 19th early 20th century is like, we don't have those tools anymore. Like, I don't know how they, they, I know now I'm a little bit in touch with how they did it. I got in touch with some dead Germans while I was. (laughs) How do you, how do you think they did it? Well, one, I think that they, um, that it was the, uh, I think there was pressure because it was the mode of the day. I think the education was, was better. I think that there was the idea um, I, it's a kind of a little bit of a joke, but I don't think that, you know, like uh, you know, Nick Hornby and I were joking about this once. I, I don't think that, uh, uh, you know, Rachmaninoff had to do the school run. Right. Fucking <laughs> stand around watching soccer, you know, uh, go to Whole Foods and get some quinoa for his wife and bring it back. I mean, I think that there was more of an idea of you get in there and do this because this is making money for everybody. So that was more of an industry. Um, I also think that they didn't have computers, and I think that's easier um, because you have to spend your life acquiring the tools to orchestrate. Just even putting pen to paper on on that much staff paper with that many instruments and and just to keep the lines straight, and it's like intense calligraphy just to make a page. And to make it legible, and then if there's a mistake, the fuck do they have whiteout? Like how would they do that? <laughs> Can't delete it, you know. Damn, I'm on page 37. I so <laughs> fucked <laughs> it up so <laughs> bad. That sucks. Yeah. So I, I I think that those tools are great because they're they're tools of the imagination. You know, when I was growing up, like I used to always stand around on construction sites waiting for my father to be finished. I was writing songs in my head, but I didn't get a chance to hear it at that moment. I would have to keep the arrangement in my head, mm. run it over, run it over, have a way to remember it, have a way to kind of store it sort of with visual tools I was coming up with in my mind. And I think they had those. And so, you know, part of my making this concerto, I think part of it is maybe sort of being a little sad about the way I feel like I'm dumbed down as well. And can I communicate through this? And, and why would I be afraid to try it? Like, like these were just people, people did this. So let me jump in and see if I can do it. And, and so now I've done it and, and I've, I've, you know, Touch my uh, inner dead German, so.
2: but but also I think there's something you know when you said before like oh you know I'm just going to be another one of those rock guys who oh. tries to but who who are you I mean like you don't have to name names but yeah, is, that, is that just is that just is that just a thing you created in your head because you're I don't know it it, it sounds like a it sounds like a thing that may not really be as much of a thing as yeah, I yeah yeah
4: well I know I have seen it. Uh, and especially in performance, m- maybe more than the actually composing, uh, but it, but it's happened that way too. I, I, th- I think, um, and, 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 and I think the other part is that you're saying is, is true. Uh, is that, is that <laughs> I blew it up, in, but you know, this is what we do when we make something is we just flog the shit out of ourselves while we're doing it. And that's, that's the fear part of creating and goes back to this cat that you were talking about. Who's saying you know it's it it's it's good to suck some and do it every single day and I think that's right I think those things are right uh, you, you you have to you have to not be self conscious There's a guy I I, I may do some um, some like scientific experiments with where I, I'll, I'll be uh, attached to a brain scanner and, and and improvise and play and they watch what parts of your brain light up as you're improvising when you're improvising. The part of your brain that is in the front uh, uh, a f- part of the frontal lobe that uh, is normally associated with self reflection talking about yourself shuts mm. down oh so that's when you're creating and you and you're and you're improvising you're at your least self conscious when it's successful hmm
2: how do you know if you're improvising or just re-expressing things you've done a million times because you've been playing for so many
4: years? Well, see, I think that's a really interesting question and it's something that we talked about a lot because a lot of improvisation is actually kind of, I guess it's kind of fractal. I mean, it's you're taking little bits and pieces of of vocabulary that you've learned or heard over time, scales, uh, uh, forms and shapes, and you're creating bigger shapes out of these little shapes, at what point – like if you say if you quote just a little bit of a Charlie Parker uh, riff while you're improvising at that moment, are you improvising just because you decided mm-hmm. to put it there, or if you do, like, it's interesting. But I do think what one thing I, that, that that they've done is, and I, I I don't know this for a fact, but I think one thing they've done is have people actually learn someone's improvisation, and then someone else who improvised it was also scanned to see what part of the brain. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So so the, but but yeah, when you improvise. You have a vocabulary. Sure, you are regurgitating the same ways, you know, as we are. Like we're we're Im- imitating when I'm like monkeys imitating our parents <laughs> talking when we were kids. You know? My parents used to sit around with four microphones in the dark <laughs> room all the time. Yeah, it's interesting. Yes. Can you
2: truly be improvising when you have a lot of training? I mean, because you, you know, it, I mean, you like you said, you don't. Maybe part of your brain because like, oh, I don't know where I'm going in the moment, but it's like when you watch good like comedy improv. Yeah. And be like, oh my god, that's so incredible! Like, yeah, but they've trained for years yeah. to be able yeah. to get to the point where they can make it seem like it's nothing. Yeah, yeah, like handling
4: hecklers and stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I, I do think you're improvising, um, at least in music, and 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 maybe if you're speaking, it might be more the sentences the the, the, the things that you bring up may seem more regurgitated somehow because they're probably. I don't know. I don't know why. I can imagine that that might be true. But when when you're playing, because you can stab things like I mean, I can look at the piano, and decide I just feel like the shape, pop and play something. Oh, I should have done that. Oh no! <laughs>
1: ah, why would you do that? I don't know.
4: Um, but I think you know before you say, you know, uh, look, sir, I'm 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 working here, and I don't go to where you work and knock the dick out of your mouth when you say something like that, maybe you said that before, like you heard it, Dean Martin say it or something. you might say something like that and and that wouldn't be as improvisational as it would be as if you just started spouting syllables right Which my my hacking at the piano would be like down bad and you and you probably shouldn't do that right get, well, you maybe you could you could, you could, yeah
2: um you, for some reason you when you were talking before about you know, when you get to page 37 and in the old days of classical music you get to page 37 and you fuck something up and you got to go back yeah it reminded me that uh, we were taking a tour of this castle in in salzburg and it's we were in the art the the archbishop's quarter like what was what would have been the archbishop's quarters which yeah. was absolutely stunning and there was a door this gorgeous door and they said well, on the other side of this door is his was his library mm. And uh, you know, we got a private like. Oh, we're gonna. You know, they they said, oh, we're gonna show you this library, but most people don't get to see it. And the door opened, and it was a room the size of a broom closet, and there were three tiny shelves. And we're like, this is a library, and they're it's for like, little kids. Well, what, what? But of course, what, of course, didn't didn't immediately occur to me was like, yes, but you have to understand the 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 making of a book in the in right. you know the 1600s big deal someone you know like someone basically every page was a fucking art piece yeah and so to make a thick book for you to even have that was was so unbelievably rare so for this person to have even five books Mm -hmm. would have made them like this would have been the biggest library in the area by a lot crazy so it hadn't even you know and it, it just how much how for granted everything is now. Like all the delivery systems are automatic and they're oh, expected, crazy. and yeah. you know, and so yeah, dude needed a Kindle. <laughs> <laughs> for those five books, <laughs> just for those five. <laughs> <laughs> and the Kindle would have even been heavy because the books were so, <laughs> yeah, that's right. were so, were so dense.
4: Well, I mean, tax records were like that too. Like like they were in, and it was, they had to fit everything on one piece of paper that they possibly could and right around the corners. That's why they couldn't find Shakespeare's whereabouts or that's what Bill Bryson said anyway.
2: Yeah, and now uh, of course you know everything is it, 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 and that, and you so you think that that's actually changed the way that people yes even approach music because they, there's so many technical things they don't even have to worry about anymore.
4: Yeah, you can see when there's a technological technological advancement that. Uh, gives you more choices and makes it easier um it's tough that's really hard on the soul and it gives you fewer tools inside to make quicker decisions and to be and that gives you confidence e- even even with the even with recording it's like when you're recording on analog and when there were fewer tracks even when you just had to do something in one take you got to make a decision you know that's really empowering and it's also you better be good. So you better show up and have practice. So practicing is something that you do. And all those tools are really useful for making music. Like it might seem like a good idea to leave loads and loads of ideas and options. And I've done that before when I had to. Um, But it's, it's actually pretty tough and it's, I mean, you come back a day later and you're like just sorting through all this almost good stuff. Lots of almost good stuff. I think that's I think it's uh the the tools that they had when they were composing now it's very uh it's very uh, sonic or you listen to what you've input in the computer and you can put that on the paper if you want to from that you can but there's programs that you can do this with I do a combination of sometimes I have stuff that I've written out on staff paper or somewhere or voice notes or whatever I can do but ultimately I'm also using that that tool but when you put it on the staff paper and you look at it you can see, every, it's like a helicopter. You can see all oh, the mm-hmm. violas that are doing this, so this is going to be over the cellos. That's good. All oh, these guys are doubling. I don't want that. I can see that. But, but you know, like these days you have to listen and, oh, something wrong, you know, and, and then you're using your ear more. And I, I think that tool is incredible luxury to look at the page, but getting it to the page is a lot of work, you know, and, and they just didn't. Mind doing the work in the day because that's what you had to do. Yeah. So I think that tool is incredible for making that kind of music. And, uh, and as much as people might say, oh, we've got these amazing tools in the way of computer, I would say that the tools you know, that, that uh, Ravel was using were far superior to be able to write it out like that. To me, once you've done your training and once you've been you know, caned your whole life and beat with a stick in order to get to that place, what you can do is a luxury we don't know that luxury now
2: uh do you for would you force yourself to do you try to
4: force yourself to do it o- old, old school? school i think you run into that problem that that Well, there's this one photographer that kept on shooting with an old press camera at basketball games for a while. He wasn't getting anything because back in the day when everyone was doing that and they were arriving at the same time, there's a certain expectation of audition now, you know, like you have to play things for people. I think living in this world and day and age, that'd be a very, very tough thing to do. I can do it a little bit. I can get away with a little bit because I'm not like a a composer as, as my day job, like to compose for the orchestra. Uh, so, I can do it a little bit. But I don't see how, as a professional, you'd be making your money doing lots of uh, soundtracks uh, or do a lot, lots of scores. Most people want to hear what the score sounds like today. But you don't have the orchestra, so you do it in the can. And whoever does the best can sounding music is probably going to get more work. So, it's an important skill to have. But that skill of making your canned music sound amazing seems like a little bit of a detour to me, you know, because that's not actually the music it's not finished yet i would i would rather have the tool of being able to whip that shit out on paper and and they can't hear it you don't get to hear it till you show up to the premiere or whatever you know like the you don't get to hear it
2: <laughs> you just yeah, I just think Mozart was running around workshopping. I'm going to go to an open mic tonight with my
4: orchestra. Yeah, <laughs> well, but I think that that did exist a bit too, which is also a whole different thing. Is that is that you are more accustomed to hearing orchestras play your shitty ideas? <laughs> you know, you, you, when you hear a shitty idea coming out of an orchestra, that's, that's that hurts because <laughs> because huh? like you think this is going to work, and the computer will even tell you it works. Then you show up, but because we have that audition. It's like you audition, audition, audition through the computer, and then you get one shot with the orchestra. Really, if you were a Kapellmeister and you were and you were working, your day job was to just be playing at the church, playing all kinds of music. You'd know those things. When I'm on stage, and for the last ten years, or maybe the last five years, playing with orchestras, I've made sure I make up a song every night that I I orchestrate on the spot, and it's been amazing for my ear. It's been amazing for things because. I uh, hear something, and I have to figure out right that minute with them looking at me who, how to do that. So, well, start with the double basses. Play this line, okay? French horns add that. Now, you know, you do that challenge. live at the shows. Yeah. Oh, wow. And uh, that is really informs you because then you actually get to hear it in real time rather than what the computer says. And I'm not really as down on computers as I sound like I am. I just – when someone says, wow, you know, those smart people a long time ago made better stuff, I would argue that those smart people had more luxury than we do now. Uh, I think I think that, that we're starved for the luxury. That it's
2: funny have. to hear that convenience – yeah, con- that con- the convenience uh, and being expeditious is actually sapping the luxury of
4: being able to – I think that burden is a particularly tragic burden for someone who's composing, but like anything, like people will get their great ideas out there. So people will make great music with what we have, even though I'd think it's less than what we used to have, which was education and creativity, which are the two most amazing tools that you could possibly have in music. And now the computer is supposed to take care of some of that stuff. And that's really, uh, that really sucks. That's like having to go into a boxing match and no one trains you or anything. Just like step right up and get your ass kicked. You know? <laughs> That's what I felt like when I was composing because I just felt like, I say, I didn't, didn't have those tools. Well, your tour starts. <laughs> a great way to sell my record? I made this thing and <laughs> I had no fucking idea what I was doing. I actually think it's one of the best things I've ever thought about making. I'm actually very proud of it and I think the record is, is actually um, a serious record. I like it. And where does the tour start? Oh, it just continues. It's Always, just like, it never yeah. ends. Well, yeah. tomorrow
0: see him at the Greek. And tomorrow yeah, tomorrow is the, the Greek.
4: Greek, and then we play uh, uh, Y Music, and and uh, and and me. We play uh, Royal Opera House uh, in a couple of months, and then we're off for a while, and then we come back in January, and then I play with orchestras until the end of the year. Oh wow! So oh. I'm playing with orchestras mostly, and then Y Music, but Y Music is fucking revelation. These guys are like, they're all about thirty years old. They're the best musicians I've ever ever played with or heard play they're fucking just great and they're great people too and we're doing a thing i haven't heard before so i get to i get to be involved with and create something that because most time you make a record i mean quite honestly like i think we all feel like we know that it's been done you know but every once in a while you get to make one like record i made with shatner i didn't feel like that had been made before right the first Ben Folds five record i didn't really feel like that record had been made before so, uh this one I feel like that way about that would be like my third one i i I listened to it, come back, and I'm like, I don't think I've heard that before. I mean, it's not like from outer space, but there's a thing that is unique about the record, right. which which is because I gave myself so many weird um um uh restrictions. We didn't have a bass, we didn't have any electric instruments or anything, and I was trying to rock. <laughs> so it's hard to rock that way, but we we do we We pulled it off. nice. Well it's always good to see
2: you and always and I know often our paths almost kind of cross I and know. You're like I'm in LA and I'm like fuck I'm in Chicago you know but it's always nice when we can actually sort of yeah. come, come
4: together how long are you going to be in town I'm um, leaving right after the greek and it happened. As it turns out, I'm leaving tomorrow as well. <laughs> in both realities. Tomorrow, when the podcast it, goes up, is, and then tomorrow. This the... isn't one of those shows where you really try to pull the shit over on people that no, yeah. no, no, yeah, no, they, it's live. They,
2: they know, like they know. They that know. always cracks was... me up
4: when you're doing that. I'm, no, no, it's <laughs> Okay, yeah, it's nice day today. What kind of you don't even know? Okay, could you also say it's too bad that it's raining
2: today because we don't know what the weather's going to be like, and <laughs> we'll just edit in whatever the. Whatever the actual
4: one is. I've had a place here for three years I mean, between here and Nashville, and it's only rained on two days since I've been here. Are you going be at Bonnaroo? Yeah. I'll, I'll be, be there, at... Bonnaroo. Ah. I'm performing on Saturday. Great. I think I'm on Friday. You're on so, Friday, right?
2: Yeah, yes, yeah. that's let's, right.
4: Let's do it. I'm coming to see you at Bonnaroo. Shit, yeah. Wanna... Bonnaroo's the best, isn't it? I, I mean, haven't like, done it yet. Oh, you're going to love this. I bet you we're doing... Well, if we're all on the same day, we're not doing the press tent the same day.
2: I don't know how much – I don't know if I'm – I mean because I I honestly think that um, – I I think that the comedy stage, I don't know if it's like, oh, you're doing the comedy stage so you should probably do a ton of press. I don't know if it's – As im as important as being there as a musician, I don't know if it's just they.
4: They it's a big thing there. The comedy is very valued there. Like that's been always that, and kind of like improvisation and music has been. That's that's what makes that a better festival.
2: Oh, that's good. Well, I'm excited. I mean, it's my Tennessee's my home state. So I just and I've never I've never been to to And and for you, it's Nash. It's just right, just outside of Nashville, right? So it's near, um, yeah, Murfreesboro, isn't it? I
4: tell you what, you might you might want to take advantage of. It. We'll have our tour bus there, so when you get sick of like sliding around in mud backstage, and just <laughs> just come grab a bunk and get some sleep. And, oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah, seriously, we, we, the bu- it's going to be right behind the stage, like for two days. So
2: does it usually rain during the festival?
4: No, but you know it's a festival. Even if it hasn't rained, there'll be mud. There'll be there's mud. mud. They there'll fly it mud. in the way that guy just... does snow at those parties. here. <laughs> <laughs> It's like blow mud everywhere. <laughs> or it's just people. It's just people. Uh, blowing like, mud.
2: It's basically it's just people like peeing on the ground and are dumping their beers on the ground or
4: just body sweat. It's something gross. It's not good. Whatever. It's <laughs> whatever's in the mud. C- is Concert mud. juice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> concert juice. <laughs>
2: That's got to be the name of something. That should be the name of a festival. It's <laughs> a drink they sell at the gathering of the Juggalos. Concert juice. Yeah. No, they drink down with the yeah. clowns? Yeah. down the clowns? <laughs> I'm trying to bring this up before we leave, which Katie can edit smoothly in.
4: Just a song before.
2: A... Oh, that's What is that? That's um what you're what you were just what you were just singing, uh just a song before traveling twice the speed the of the sun, so it's easy to de de get burned.
4: What is that's this? We, we don't even know what the chorus is.
2: And
4: she was gone. What is
2: That's uh, isn't that Crosby, Stills? That's is that is that Crosby, Stills and Nash? You got it on your phone? Yes. The song was very popular when I was so groovy, so groovy. I don't remember sounding like. I completely, I completely remember.
0: Here we go.
3: Just a song before I go to whom it may concern. Speed
2: of That's a non sequitur. <laughs> well, you can't travel twice the speed of sound. I mean, as a person.
3: We had to get back home. When we oh
2: my God, this song reminds me of being a kid.
3: Into okay. the friendly sky
4: Maybe that's coming up I think it must be in there Because that's what I remember I held her for so long She
3: finally
4: looked me in
3: love And
2: she was gone Chimes? No?
6: Chimes?
2: It's so like White Man's Funk Yeah, I think it's probably the same. Just let him vamp. Okay, we get it. You want
4: to check out Wait for the Chimes? I, I'm, I'm thinking maybe I just created that. I,
3: I thought it, it was least. Really- okay. The song, yeah. It's easy to get
2: Not one instance of chimes.
5: It was just the Your Local yes, think radio, the
6: radio
2: DJ DVD. Here's that <sighs> Chilligan Gonzalez thing. At someone in the street.
6: You hear this, for example, on another pop music masterclass favorite, I'm So Fancy.
3: Oh,
2: the
0: internet. Mm. Well, we got enough. We got enough.
2: No, but that's not the part.
4: Have you had him on? No. i would
6: it's the same with this taylor swift we have this beautiful descending melody (laughs) the chords just aren't important the melody is dominant it's the picture and if we add chords it's just the frame She repeats it twice, but there's a subtle difference. The first time, the emphasis is on shake. Shake it off. Second time, shake it off. And this just kind of wraps the bow on it. It's just like the chariots of fire. You have three times repeating a distinct shape and then tying it up with the bow. That's called rhythmic displacement, by the way, and you can also hear it in... and this rhythmic displacement gives you the feeling that the the song is kind of speeding up because the repetition comes sooner than you expect and this is what you need when you're finishing off a chorus and taylor swift knows it go with the title of the song (laughs) say it twice and make it snappy
4: Chili Gonzalez. He has his
5: own records
4: out, there, said. Oh, yeah. No, he's fantastic. Check out the song Self-Portrait. He's rapping over the orchestra. Chile or Chili? Chili.
2: Chili. C-H-I-L-L-Y. He's rapping over the song. I'm glad you called, but I'm not home, but I'll be back before too long. You gotta wait for the beep. You gotta leave your name. You gotta leave your number. Uh, crazy Calls? No? Remember the Crazy Calls? <laughs> You remember crazy calls? The crazy cassette tape that you could use on your outgoing answering machine in the 80s? No.
4: That sounds
0: good though.
2: It's it's ish <laughs> It's
4: way good.
0: fun.
2: And then there was the rap
0: one? Come you on, should, you... you should probably find those and make them your yeah. outgoing messages. eBay. Now. No, well they're just online. Like you oh, can you well, can you could you could just find you could
2: just find crazy calls. <laughs> I'm not I didn't invent crazy calls. I'd be Really rich if I had invented Crazy Calls.
0: Somehow, don't think that's true. You I'm would have d- blown d- all d- your <laughs> money on Coke in the '80s, <laughs> and then you just be telling kids at a Starbucks, "You were the right. crazy calls guy." Okay, so I'm just checking <laughs> the order. Just, just one more thing. I'm gonna let
2: you. I'm gonna let everybody go. But this is, I just, I, you. This commercial. To use your Crazy
0: Calls, simply place the speaker of your cassette player or oh, stereo.
2: That's not the commercial. Wait, that's not the commercial. That's just telling you how to use Crazy Calls. Hang on a sec. Hang on a sec. Crazy calls.
0: <laughs> is it spelled machine?
2: with Ks, maybe? That the might, problem? It might be spelled with Ks. <laughs> Original Crazy Calls commercial. Here we go. Here we go. Here it is. It's only a minute. <laughs> it's just one minute. It's going to feel like.
1: Easy calls a tape of seven different songs and funny recordings for answering machines. I am very sorry that I'm not home to take your call. call Only
5: fourteen ninety five. When I will get right back to you. Hey, don't worry, don't leave your
1: message at the top. Give someone the gift of gab for their answering machine. <laughs> <laughs> what you've actually done is bought a one-way ticket to the answering machine zone. Nobody's
3: home. Nobody's home. <laughs> I'm glad you
1: called, but I'm not home. But I'll. Be Crazy Calls, a tape of seven different songs and funny recordings for only fourteen ninety five. You gotta
3: leave your name, you gotta leave your
2: number. Yep, there you go.
3: There
0: you go. Ben's next album. Isn't that
2: ending with a major seventh? Isn't that? Isn't that when they do? That's good.
3: Ooh-wee-oo.
2: That's
5: right. this that is a seven. Nice, good job, Christopher. Thanks, Jonah. You're,
0: you. You're learning. <laughs> All right, enjoy your burrito, everyone.
5: <laughs> get out, everyone! Get out! Oh, fuck out of here! Get out of this! Get out of my studio! Your studio? you? Is- it is until the rental's done. F.
4: F. F in the A, F in the A with a D,
6: with a D, with a big fat D.